Local programming on KRWG made possible in part by viewers like you. Thank you. One of my favorite topics to discuss is education. I've been talking about education for quite some time because as the eyes of the nation turn to regions like our very own, people begin to talk, how do you prepare the next set of leaders for America? How do you prepare the next set of leaders for not only this nation, but for the world? We're faced with staggering statistics. Statistics that say that the fastest growing demographic in the United States of America for over a decade now has been the Latino Hispano community. That the, one of the top three fastest growing populations around the world is the Latino Hispano community. Yet with all of these pieces of information that come out in the news about the boom in the population, little is said about where we're going educationally. And if you're to take a dive into those kinds of statistics, well, what you would find would be that educationally, we have a lot more work to do within the Latino Hispano community if we're to be able to get to the same level where the rest of America is today, where other nations in the world are. And it's a sad but true fact. Yet, with all of the negative information that comes out about education, there's actually a lot of good news about education in our own community. And I've talked on several occasions here on this show how, for the National Hispanic Institute, the Latino Hispano community has a very bright, shining beacon in our own city of El Paso, Las Cruces, Ciudad Juarez, in our own community. For over 20 some odd years, El Paso has been one of the highest yielding communities of nationally and internationally recognized young men and women at the National Hispanic Institute. And that's in El Paso, Las Cruces, Ciudad Juarez, overall as a community across private schools and public schools. And now comes the news story. One of our own local schools, in fact, my alma mater, is being called the West Texas Miracle by some news sources in Dallas, and it has also reached a little bit of a something new level. And that level is that the highest number of Gates Millennium scholars being considered comes from one school, uh, and that's our very own Cathedral High School here in El Paso, Texas. So what I'm doing today is I had the opportunity to call up my theology teacher from when I was in high school, who is now the principal and one of my favorite uh, education folks, not only in this community, but all around the world, Brother Nick Gonzalez, to invite him onto the show and say, Brother, what's going on? And then Brother says, well, let's also invite one of our Millennium Scholars, and we have Eric joining us here. Big news, guys. I mean, for, for our community, for, for everything across the bar, first of all, how does it feel, Brother, to be under this kind of spotlight? That's not one but two news stories in a very short timeline about Cathedral. Well, I, I think we certainly feel very blessed, uh, I think is a great word for it, and, and a bit overwhelmed, but, but you know nothing that people are saying isn't true, and, and so I think also very, very proud, and uh, uh, pr proud of, uh, of, of what we've done and, and what we're going to do as a result of, uh, of reaching this point. So Eric, how did you guys get the news? How did you get the news personally about the Gates Millennium Scholar situation going on, and, and, and how did Cathedral get the news about uh, you know, the fact that the most number of, of 
individuals being considered came from the school. How, how to play it out for me because right. I know inside the school with the guys, they, they, there's a lot of talk. So I'm right. play it all out, play by play. What happened? Well, actually, we didn't have a set date on when we were going to receive notification from the Gates Millennium. Um, they told us early March, so we were looking at the dates. Uh, we did some research, and last year, the last couple of years, it had been March 8th. So, you know, March 8th came around, and so we're all, you know, speculating, okay, this is probably going to be the day. Um, so we, we get online, and we see some other people from El Paso have already received their notifications, and uh, none of us had yet. But um, it was supposed to be via email, and so, you know, we're all checking our emails just all over through the day, um, you know, going back to the computer lab, seeing if anything had happened. Um, nothing yet, and uh, I think it was right before lunch, I believe, I actually um, texted my mother, asked her to check the mail, and uh, it seemed like mine had come through mail. And so, you know, when I received the news, she, she told me she needed to call me, that, you know, she had some exciting news. And uh, so I actually snuck out of class, went to the bathroom, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and called her real quick, and, you know, she was ecstatic, saying that I'd been named a finalist. And uh, so I was the first, in, at least from, from our group of guys, to find out. And uh, from there, you know, I went to uh, Chief Justice Barajas to tell him. Um, he's our moderator from from uh, Cathedral that worked with us throughout with the gates. So a and teacher so, there, yes? Yes, sir. Okay. And so, uh, you know, he was, he was very happy that we'd gotten one. You know, we at least uh, held through from last year. Yeah. And uh, from there, the other guys just got really nervous. And, you know, none of them had their parents home to check like I did. So I was fortunate to be stress-free the rest of the day when uh, everyone else was, was back there really just sweating it out on whether they had heard from them or not. And uh, next I knew, I went home and I was, you know, just talking to a lot of family and friends and check Facebook and see, you know, one of my friends got it and another one. And uh, by the end of the night, there was 11 of us and it was, it was just a real big honor. By the end of the night, there was 11 of you that received a letter that said what? Uh, that we were named finalists for the Gates Millennium Scholarship. Brother, how did you get the news? I mean, 11. It, this, is, this is the most uh, any school has seen in terms of, that's a, that's a big number. I'll, I'll tell you, we, we had five last year and that matched uh, the rest of the city of, of El Paso put together. And, and so we were just sort of praying, you know, if we got at least one, that would show it wasn't a fluke. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so we had one and I think you came, he, he, Chief Justice drags him down to my office and goes, you gotta tell brother, you gotta tell brother. And then, and then we got another one. Uh, and it was near the very end of the day, and, uh, and somebody else comes running in, it was three. And at this point, kids are just out in the hall, uh, sort of screaming, high-fiving. Uh, and then it was four, and it was five. And, and Chief Justice described it as, uh, it was like uh, delivering piglets. <laughs> just because it, it just, by, by the time I went home and I, and I walked out, probably at five o'clock, we had ten, con ten confirmed. People were running home to find out, you know, to check the mail. Uh, and then by, probably by ten o'clock that night, we had eleven confirmed. Wow. And, and, and it, has there been any official word from, from the Gates Millennium Scholarship folks as to how they feel about 11 coming from the school? I mean, I'm sure those guys are scratching their heads or they're going, 11? I mean. we, we, we keep joking that, that there's going to be a movie about it, like Stand and Deliver, where, where <laughs> the, you just can't believe that you get that many in one school. And we keep trying to say who's going to play who in the movie. But uh, no, we haven't. I think they're probably going to focus very much on, on who the ultimate finalists are. Right. We're pretty confident, and, and we're pretty confident we'll probably have 10. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then we, we're pretty sure then they'll definitely give us a call and, and, and give us the great news that, that hopefully we just set a new record. Now, now for folks back home, they, they really do need to understand that the Gates Millennium Scholarship is one of the most selective scholarships in the nation. Now, for you guys to be able to have this here in our own community, 11, that's, that's huge. But that's not something that is, uh, that, that, that is strange at Cathedral. And, and, I, and I say that because I remember the days when the competitive aspect of not only GPA, but what you were doing within the community and all of that was so high when I was in high school. And, and it, was, it was a competitive aspect, not in a negative way, in that the, the guys, myself included, were always trying to 
do something new, do something different, and if somebody else was doing it, they were trying to tweak it a different way and make it their own, and it created this culture. And, and, and I, I really want to talk about that culture because this article that first came out before the news of, of, of uh, the Gates Millennium Scholarship, um, there was an article calling Cathedral the West Texas Miracle. And it talked about the schools that students went off to, the fact that it created community conscious uh, leaders. And, and, and it was really a special article that came out in Dallas of, of all places. Um, brother, they interviewed you and something stood out to me about your, your quote there. They, you, you begin to talk about what it takes. Yeah. Um, flesh that out because I think that what it takes to create a community conscious leader is something that, that, that is important. And uh, you talked about it in your article. Flesh that out for us. I, I, I think uh, Mr. McKay from WFAA who came out to, to do a story, he had done a story 20 years earlier um, mm -hmm. and uh, just wanted to come back. He, he, he's been doing a series of stories also like you on education and, and just trying to say that education, the solution to education isn't always money. Mm -hmm. it's, it's about what it is you're teaching. And so we, we talked a lot off camera as well about values and about the need to, to help every one of our students to realize how, how amazingly blessed they are, bl blessed with uh, intellectual gifts, with uh, charismatic gifts, uh, with gifts of, uh, of just family and fortune, and, and that they have a, a moral obligation to develop those gifts and put them at the service of the community, that they have to leave the world better than they found it. And, and anything less than that is, is immoral. It's, uh, it's a sellout. How, how does one go about carrying out that message, particularly with young men, which is, which is not an easy <laughs> task to do? I mean, uh, I, I still remember what, what we were thinking about. We were thinking about our next date. We were thinking about uh, you know, what, what we were going to have to do for the weekend. How, how do you get such a, a, a big message uh, across to someone like an Eric as, as an institution? I think. It's been one of the neatest things that I've observed at Cathedral, and it's hard to explain. Well, I, I think we build on what's already there. I, I think we build on, uh, on, on great families like Eric's family who, who already send students with values. Uh, I think they come from parents uh, who, who, who work hard, who understand that education can be transformative, who value education. Um, and, and then they surround themselves, hopefully, with some, some awesome people, just as you're describing this, 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 this collection of friends, this cadre of, of, uh, of people who pushed you to be better than you ever thought you could be. And so I think it's a combination of building on that and, and, then, and then an environment and then hopefully some, some awesome adults in front of you who, who model the idea of servant leadership to them every day so that they, they push themselves just a little harder to think, well, what can I do to come back someday? You know, we're tired of the brain drain. And I, and I, and I definitely say that a shift in our own consciousness is that I think a, a generation ago when you were there, the focus was, yeah, you know, go to, go to the Notre Dames, go to the Georgetowns and, and yeah. change the world out there. And now I think we very much feel a call to come home, you know, yeah. come home, make El Paso the miracle. Uh, the, everything that happens in Tucson and San Antonio and Dallas and Houston, you know, we, we helped do that. We sent our best brains to, to those cities that they need to come home and they need to do it here. And I think and that drive does exist in me. And, and I think in large part, it did come from a cathedral. Eric, tell me about the culture at Cathedral now. Something's got to be in the water there. Something happened, 11 of you, in this predicament where the spotlight is on you. And it's kind of neat, but what... What got you guys there? What's the culture like at Cathedral? What do you think was the key difference that gave you guys 11 and not others? 
Um, I really do think Cathedral, there's, you know, there's something special about our school and I'm very grateful to, uh, to all our teachers and for everything um, that they've done for us. Um, I really believe that it's the faith aspect of Cathedral. Um, they really emphasize molding a well-rounded individual, a well-rounded young man. And um, you know, our motto has always been you know, educating men of faith and I believe our, our teachers have done a great job at that. They, they focus on uh, you know, having us go out and perform community service, you know, life-changing opportunities and serving others and helping our community. And that's not something you see from, you know, from a lot of institutions. Um, a lot of it's just education and, you know, yes, that's, that's in a very important part and that's something we do very well, but it's, it's also going out there and performing in things, you know, like the community service and serving our community that really, I believe, makes us the well-rounded individuals and really helps us to go out and, you know, become leaders in our community and want to do great things. Brother, there was something that, that stood out to me, um, and, and I've, I've heard you mention this on several occasions, that uh, it's not about race, it's, it's not about the money you have, it's not about where you come from or what your last name is. That, to tho that all those things to you are just excuses. Mm -hmm. A lot of people would say, well, brother, what are you talking about? I mean, but it's important to you because I think it, it stayed in me. You said that um, you can always overcome those things. Mm -hmm. I explain because I've explained that to people because I'm sure people would looking at you right now saying, well, sometimes it's got to be those things. Sure. And, and, and everybody needs help. And, and that's why schools and institutions like that exist. And that's why uh, and that's why hopefully you join a community instead of just attend a school and, and you surround yourself with great people. And, and what, what's lacking in me can be made up in you. But ultimately, you're right. They are excuses. I, I think. Uh, um, and I think we as Latinos uh, ha have to stop allowing ourselves to make excuses that, you know, I, I think uh, the, the stereotype of lazy Mexicans who don't do well at school is, is, is a myth because you and I know that our parents are some of the hardest working people that we know. They, they didn't have the opportunities that we had to, to go to school. And, and so, uh, you know, your address is irrelevant. It's a great, you know, I'm sure there are people, you know, you're going to go to TCU and people might say, oh. El Paso, you know, what good can come from there? And he's going to show them a lot of good. Right. You know, a lot of, it doesn't matter that I came from El Paso, but if anything, it's a strength. You know, we are the future. We're minority majority. We're, uh, we're showing the world that, that Latinos can be mm -hmm. uh, a force for, tran for, tra for transformation. We're an international school uh, that, that can show, you know, we, we have, uh, we have uh, contingencies from Fort Bliss. We have Anglos. We, we have Asians. We have African-Americans. We have uh, Mexican-Americans. We have Mexican nationals. And we all get along and we learn from one another and that should be proof to, to this larger region it's possible. It's possible. We're not antagonistic. We, and the solutions that we're going to generate, we're going to generate together. So the fact that you're Mexican and, and there's a war going on in Juarez, that's not an excuse. You know, you have an obligation to lead. So you're here to learn everything you can so that you go back and you lead. The other day I was having a conversation with uh, uh, probably some students around your age, Eric, and, and the conversation around the table was Around, uh, along these lines that you're explaining, brother. And it was basically students coming to terms saying, you know, the threshold, the, the expectation for students in America and in the world has kind of been lowered for a while. Uh, they were saying, you know, isn't it the expectation of any um, student around the world for that student to go off and get good grades? So if that's the expectation, then why do we have to um, pat a student on the back for simply getting a good grade? Uh, how do you go above and beyond just the good grade? And, and that conversation, I think, is an important one because it speaks to what you're saying, brother, but for someone like you, Eric, I mean, 
how are people at Cathedral going above and beyond just the normal expectation of a grade? I mean, how do you go above and beyond as, as an individual? Something happened that the Gates Millennium folks were saying, hey, Eric's a good guy. Um, like a lot of it was, Cathedral truly is not only just a school, but uh, it's a community. And we're a very close-knit, you know, uh, we, we call it the brotherhood of, you know, 500 right. of us from okay. freshmen through seniors. You're a fellow brother, <laughs> even though we're generations <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, we work together not only in uh, pushing ourselves academically, but it's, you know, it's everything with the, with the service we do. You know, we go out into the community. We want to be, you know, we want to be formed to become leaders. And a lot of that's just going out, you know, helping people. Um, the service projects that we do, you know, we don't have an overabundance of it because we are, you know, a smaller community. But the stuff we do, I believe, is life-changing. And, you know, we go out to, to projects, to, to just places that are, you know, very worn down. And, you know, we go out and we provide hope to those kind of people and just kind of really see what their, you know, what their life's about and how we can make it better and how we can go out in education and come back, you know, with an education and, you know, help for them later. And I think that really gives us all motivation to, you know, go out and do something special and uh, come back to El Paso because truly, you know, this is where, where the most help is needed at this point. And being from here, I think that's something that, uh, you know, cathedral students really understand that we can come back and, and make that difference. I'll tell you what, if half of the 11 of you were to come back to this community, that gives El Paso the position of leading, of leading not only this community, but, 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 but the nation. And, and in respect to that, I, I get to travel, brother, and uh, I'm in Arizona because I'm, I'm there with, with NHI, with the National Hispanic Institute. And I happen to go to a school that you helped found. And uh, the conversation erupts. Uh, people were talking about the differences. And, but what catches my eye, brother, to be honest, and, and I, I want to also bring in Eric on this conversation about, I see a lot of similar values. I see a lot of similar things going on in the school that I was visiting in Arizona than what I experienced at Cathedral. That school in particular caught my attention because it was both men and women, mm -hmm. uh, boys and girls going to school, going to high school. Yet you saw something different and it was in a community that's not considered your rich community of Arizona. In fact, uh, it's an interesting model that you utilize to, to get the kind of education that these students need. Um, and it's the Cristo Rey model and we, we, can, we can talk about that and for folks that want to look that up, look it up, it's, it's great. There's a lot of talk in America right now, brother, about reformulating education, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's the private schools uh, doing the traditional charging you twenty to $30,000 a year in the Northeastern Seaboard mm -hmm. to go to school out there, a Catholic school, mm -hmm. perhaps even like a, like a cathedral. Very different situation here at Cathedral in terms of that kind of, uh, that kind of tuition. It's not there. Uh, very different for the one school that we were out in, in, in Arizona. Um, if you were in the position of advice, as in now having seen the various models, what works, what doesn't, the, the whole factor of money and no money, what would your best advice be to the formulation of education to the future? If you were at that table saying, this is what education should look like, what are the basic things you'd advise? I, I'm a huge believer in, and in both of, in both schools, this is what we have, is, is, the, is, the, is the ability to make decisions on site that the best people to make decisions about what our kids need, or what our 500 need, is the people who work with them every day and the parents who work, with, you know, who prepare them before they get there. Um, Tucson is not El Paso, and so it's a different set of solutions there. The, 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 the problems were far more overwhelming. It's the poorest zip code in the city. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and yet, it, it's, it's a, you saw a gorgeous new facility uh, built by donors who, who, who see the need for education, quality education in the heart of the barrio, um, people who wanted to form partnerships 
and, and, and families that were committed to making sure that that happened. If, if all they, the family could do is contribute $10 a month and make sure that every day you showed up to school in dress code looking sharp, uh, looking like a professional, that, then you saw this transformation and every one of those students had said, I will be a professional because I know I can do it every day. So I, I think on site, it, m money is important. I'm not going to pretend it's not. It makes, the, the, it makes things happen. But it's not the be all end all solution. I think more money isn't necessarily the solution. It's, it's empower people at the local level to make those decisions. And, and you'd be shocked and impressed and awed by the, the caliber of thought that can be generated if you just empower people to do what they do best, which is care about kids and solve education's right here, right now at the local level. Eric, as a student, if you were at that same table with Brother Nick, advising what education should look like, what would your advice be? I mean, what, what inspires you? What have you liked, what have you not liked? What would your advice to reformulating education be? One of the, the main things that I love about Cathedral, and um, you know, it's, it's not gonna be possible everywhere, but you know, we, we've been very fortunate to have several instructors that have really pushed us to, you know, to our level, to our max, that, uh, you know, not all the times teachers, you know, go out of their way to really care for a student individually or, you know, be there to challenge them through, you know, times that, that are rough for them. And the individual basis that we get from some teachers, the, you know, they care for us and they want us to succeed. And that's one of the things that really, I believe, formulates what a leader can become. And I think that's more important in terms of not only just getting an education, but also forming a young person that can become a leader and become someone in a community that, you know, like we do, can come back to El Paso. So I believe, you know, some, someone like that, that uh, really focusing on getting instructors to not only teach, but also care for a person, care for a student, and get them to really go out there and motivate them so that they do go out and uh, want to reach their maximum capacity as a person and as a leader. There's all these kinds of curricula that are out there, the IB curriculum, the AP curriculum, the XYZ curriculum, and different authors, different people, different points of view. So is what we're saying brother and then with part of your commentary that, that you were saying about what what your personal uh, interests are at Cathedral Eric is what we're saying that that any one of these can work at different places or is there is there is there some sort I know it's a hard question but is there some sort of jumping off point where we can have schools begin I mean people want to know how do you become Cathedral I mean how do you become a school that that achieves like a school in Tucson that didn't even have any money to begin with, mm -hmm. you know, and couldn't even afford the tuitions of a cathedral. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and never will. You could actually make too much money to go to Cristo Rey. I mean, to that particular Cristo Rey school. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I, I don't. I, I think the reality is, you know, you, you you taught, and so you know that you have in front of you 30 different problems. And, and to say there's one solution, one way to reach all 30 of these kids, that's never going to happen. And so I think uh, Arizona is, is very experimental with, with charter schools, and, and, and while there it has some drawbacks, I, I think, again, I, I go back to uh, schools set up for different reasons to attract different personnel. I, I, I think schools with a single focus are very successful. I think your, your Silva Magnets, your, your Magnet programs, your IB programs, it's going to draw the people and the families that want to be there. Uh, pe people who, who want faith <coughs> to be an important component of that education, they're going to be drawn to that as well. I think that's the secret. The days of the, of the cafeteria high school are very difficult. It's very difficult to finance. It's very difficult to focus. Uh, and so I, I'd say smaller learning communities, but very focused, and I think you're going to have a lot more success. Give me an idea, Eric, for what you plan to do with your life. What's, what's next for Eric? I mean, 
You're, you're getting all sorts of attention, uh, about to go off to college, big, big time stuff. What do you plan to do with your life? Um, well, I'm going to be going to, to TCU, Texas Christian University in Fort Worth, and I want to focus mainly on sports medicine, but after that I want to hopefully get into physical therapy school. And uh, it's, been, you know, it's been my dream to, to become a physical therapist. Uh, very, definitely not very high-reaching for some people, but uh, it's really something that, uh, you know, growing up I've, I've uh, you know, had my sports injuries and things like that, and really the role that you know, therapists play in some you know, a young kid's life or an older person's life that you know, shattered through an injury or something like that is really a vulnerable time for them. And to be able to go out and help a person in that way when you know, they're at their lowest times is really something that not only helped me, but I'm sure I can go out and do for another person. So I, you know, I want to become a physical therapist, but I want to return to El Paso. And that's one of those things where you know, people say, well, El Paso, you can go all the places in the world. And I've, I've heard it several times, but you know, El Paso is really at, you know, at a crossroads. We're at a turning point where we have some very you know, curable but prevalent problems among our community in terms of health-wise. We have you know, rapid obesity and heart problems and very curable things that with the right people and with the, you know, the max effort, someone can come out and help that. And I believe that's something that, you know, I can come back to El Paso, I can make a difference in that way because these are the people I grew up with, these are the people that, you know, I lived 18 years with, and they need someone to come out and do like that. And I believe if, you know, I can come back and do it, then it'll set an example for, for others to come out and do the same thing. Brother, obviously a lot of folks come back uh, with that kind of mindset. I certainly came back with that mindset to my community. Um, What's the next step for Cathedral? I mean, obviously, you, we've achieved so much, and I say we because it's, it's, it is that brotherhood that you talked about, Eric. What's next? Uh, where do you see Cathedral going? What would you like to see Cathedral do in our community? I, I think I'd like to see us do what we do, but do it better. Uh, and there's always better ways to do it, to reach, um, you know, uh, the, the, these are 11 very exceptional young men in any school and in, in any class, and we're very proud of them. But we're just as proud, hopefully, uh, of our of our of our 10 uh, lowest GPAs in that class. And and what are we doing to help them? Uh, I, I think I want every student to graduate from Cathedral feeling like a leader, even if they're not a Gates Scholar, feeling like it's their obligation to transform the world, e even if they weren't necessarily involved in 15 clubs. Uh, but but feeling that I can make a difference, and and I and I will make a difference. Well, I want to I want to thank you guys for joining us, and and brother and Eric, we're going to have to have a, a roundtable discussion at some point later on down the road about the part two of this story because it's coming up, I'm sure, and and it's all the decisions that are going to come down where everyone's going to end up in college, and also with this Gates Millennium Scholar stuff. So thanks for coming, guys, folks. These kinds of stories are happening in our own community. Take the time to find out about what's going on. Take the time to get involved. You can very easily get in touch with Cathedral High School. Just look them up on the internet. Go down the street out there at uh, Stanton, and you can get involved. Until next time, thanks for joining us. I'm Hector H. Lopez.